Hey guys, welcome back to the 50% Podcast. I am Katie Outka. I'm Abigail Rosenthal. And today we're going to be talking about all our different reading habits. You guys have heard us talk for three episodes now and we wanted you to get to know us a little better. So we're going to be talking about reading habits, favorite romance tropes, how we got into reading romance, and then we've got a little rapid fire this or that game at the end. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so we've talked about some of our favorite books already. You've gotten to know us a little bit here and there, but we figured maybe it was time to dedicate a whole in-between book club episode to it, especially how we started reading romance, because it is part of our friendship origin story anyway. It is. It is. So let's start with that. So Abigail, how did you get into reading romance? I always kind of read romance as a kid. Although I don't know if I would call it romance, but I was reading like young adult girls fiction. I would have this used bookstore that I would go to a lot growing up in North Texas. And, uh, you know, I would go in and find the the cartoony covers, the the books that were a little sillier. A lot of times it had like rich people in them, rich people doing weird <laughs> things. That was like the the pinnacle of early 2000s. Oh, they were everywhere. <laughs> it was The Click and Gossip Girl, and I read some about these girls who go to Hollywood, and one of them, they're in seventh grade, and one of them is the other girl's agent. It doesn't make any sense, but... That sounds fantastic. I'll, fi- I'll have to find it, because I bought the whole series, and they weren't well-known or anything like that. It was just like, ooh, these girls are wearing big sunglasses on the cover. I bet I'm going (laughs) to like this. And I did. I read them all the time. So that was kind of my gateway drug into romance when I was younger. And then when I was in school, I wasn't reading for fun anymore. I fell off for, you know, the entirety of my college career because I was reading and writing at school and being worried I wasn't going to get a job. And then I got a job with Katie. And Uh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so so that changed everything and wow I changed the course of your life. I mean, yeah, that is true in general anyway, <laughs> not just in terms of my books, but you know, had you not hired me, where would I be anyway? I guess. Oh no. In a ditch somewhere. I literally was about to say that. <laughs> just no, just a nothing. Nobody nobody cares. I am solely responsible for everything. <laughs> my my well-being. <laughs> no, but we were, I was working with Katie and you had just read The Unhoneymooners and I don't remember if I had asked you for a recommendation that was just, I knew I needed to read something fun. I don't remember if I asked you for one. Or, I don't remember either. Yeah. Or you just were at work. Forced when, it upon you. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> you have to read this book. It's so good. And Which I did. that one feels more likely because that's very much my personality. When I read a book that I like, I'm like, everyone in the world has to read the book. Oh, yeah. I think it got passed around the Statesman newsroom a little it bit. It did. It did. I actually don't know. I had to buy a second copy of that book because I don't know where it ended up. Oh, did you actually buy one recently? Yeah, it's behind you. Oh, I missed it in the other stack. But In the giant stack it, of books behind you? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I am sitting in Katie's office right now. And I mean, we both are, obviously, but... There is a huge stack of books behind me. Yeah, a huge shelf. And then also the, it's just extended to the floor and that chair and the ground behind me. 
I'm starting to feel self-conscious about the way my bookshelf looks based on all these bookstagram accounts we're following where they have really pretty shelves and uh mine does not look like that at all i at least feel good that i painted mine recently yeah your shelf itself is cute yeah but the books are not organized in a cute way at all i have all my book of the months together for the most part i do have that in my shelf in my in my office are all of my book of the months but i like how they line up yeah they how they're all the same height Mm -hmm. that's the best super satisfying Anyway, so, you know, my romance reading journey started with Christina Lauren and the Unhoneymooners, and then after that, I just kept asking Katie for for more of them (laughs) because they were fun to read, and it got me back into reading after I hadn't been doing it for a long time for fun. You know, you kind of forget that reading is fun and enjoyable when you're forced to do it all the time. Yeah. So so ever since then, I've been um, taking Katie's books. A romance girly. Yep. Katie, how did you start reading romance? You've been doing it longer than I have. I mean, not really. Like, kind of, but not really. So I had very much the same situation as you where I was reading, like, Gossip Girl and all those, like, teenage fluffy series, The It Girl. I read Pretty Little Liars. Ah, yes. Of course. Which that, like, extended into my, like, college years and and into my early 20s, I feel like, or at least maybe maybe I stopped reading them and then I picked them up again in my mm. early 20s. I don't remember, but I was fully reading those in my early 20s. And I think I did a reread when, like, as the show was ending. Did you watch the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. It was one of those things where I, like, started watching it when it started and then... I like dropped off because I kind of I kind of got like too old for it, right? Or like I felt like I was. Oh, sure. And because I wasn't in high school anymore, and then I was like, then the show was ending, and I was seeing all this like conversation online about it, and I was like, I gotta plug back into this for the ending, and I did. I feel like that's what I did with the click. Like the final books came out when I was in high school, mm. like a junior or a senior, and at that point, you know, I was definitely too old to be reading them because they're about literal middle schoolers. Yeah. Um, those books do not hold up. Don't reread them. <laughs> not not worth a reread. I mean, they're really problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah, so, I could see that. Um, a bunch of those books were though. Oh sure, you know, no one was reading them critically. No one was reading them critically. This was not the ideal literature to be giving twelve year old girls. Yeah, by any means. Yeah, it it was not like profound, um, like John Green YA. It was, uh, paperbacks bought at Walmart YA, which Rich is people. where I bought mine. <laughs> Rich people doing silly things. Yeah. You know? Which is still a genre I enjoy. Oh, I fully love a rich people doing silly things genre. I want to read about people's Birkin bags or whatever and they're crazy dogs. They're crazy tiny dogs that fit in their Birkins. Absolutely. Yeah, so I was reading a bunch of those books, The Click, The It Girl. I had this other series that I really loved that I cannot remember the name of or much else about it, to be honest with you. But I remember loving them and they all had these like crazy bright colors and I think it took place in LA. I need to do some very creative Googling later to figure out what they were called because I really liked them. And I feel like in the first one, the girl met the guy on a plane and they like made out on the plane or something. And I remember thinking that it was like so romantic and like I was going to meet a man on a plane. This was like, these weren't like 
the middle school, like the click style, they were like slightly more mature than that. They were like definitely for like 16, 17 year olds. Right. But yeah, I need to, it's it's going to drive me nuts. I will find them. Um, but yeah, and then in college um, or I can't remember if it was in college or right as I was finishing college was when Fifty Shades of Grey became popular. And I was like, I'm going to see what this is about. And I did. And I was like, oh, books like this exist. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, a book, like, it just kind of opened my mind to, like, different genres. Because at that point in college, I was still reading a lot of YA. I wasn't reading a lot of, like, literary fiction. I was, like, kind of unmoored from my reading habits. Honestly, I was rereading John Green constantly. <laughs> oh, well. As I still am. Right. That hasn't changed. Right. Um, and I was reading like a lot of nonfiction. Like this was in the era of like celeb memoirs. Um, where really like Tina Fey's memoir came out at this time. And so did Amy Poehler's. And so I was reading a lot of those kind of books. And I was like, I didn't, I was reading a lot of Neil Gaiman also. Mm. I went through a major Neil Gaiman phase in my early 20s and which has continued through the rest of my life. <laughs> These are very different genres. I know, I know. But I was like trying to like, I was like reading all these different things, like trying to be like, what do I like to read? Like, what kind of books do I like? Yeah, I feel like I went through a similar thing after I graduated college and I feel like I'm still going through it where I am trying to figure out the books that I like to read, what my tastes are like now as an adult and not uh, a middle schooler or a high school who read literally anything I was handed. Right. So that's been interesting. And it's hard to figure out what you like to read in the first period of your life when you don't have people that are telling you what you have to read. Right. You know, like I didn't, I didn't have to read all that much in college. It's like the last two years of college, I really didn't have to because I was just mainly writing. Right. But like I was too busy to read in college for the most part. Like I still read, but not like I do now. And so then I got out of college and I was like, okay, I know I love to read, but like what do I want to read? Yeah. You know, we were both journalism students. And for me, you know, I wasn't being assigned books mm -hmm. to read. Like, I feel like I was reading all the time, but I was reading the news, reading the news or reading like long form magazine articles. Right. So it would be things that it would be things that I would have to sit down and read for 20, 30, 45 minutes occasionally. Right. But they weren't full-length books by any means. Right. Yeah. I was reading a lot of magazines in college because mm -hmm. um, I thought I wanted to be a magazine writer. Um, LOL. I did and I still know. do. I know. Um, so, so, yeah, I couldn't figure out what I liked. And then I can't even tell you what the first, like, contemporary romance book that I picked up was. But it was around the time that I read The Unhoneymooners that I kind of started my like romance diet because I had gone through my year that I refer to as the Great Depression, yes. 2016, where I had not one but two life-altering breakups. Don't ask me how that happens twice in one year. I'd rather not explain. It was not great. Very formative. Yeah, very I formative. Assume. Yeah, in in hindsight, yeah, in in hindsight I learned a lot, but at the time I was miserable. 
And so I didn't read a lot that year, but when I came out of it the following year, like 2017 into 2018, I was like, I want to read silly shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I picked up a lot of romance novels because I was like, A, I was like coming out of this breakup and I was like, I need to know what love is. (laughs) I need to know that it exists. But also... I had finally found something that, like, I could read that was, like, escapist. And I still read a lot of nonfiction, and I still read, like, Neil Gaiman and fantasy and stuff like that. But romance is has maintained throughout. Now that you say that, too, mine started also with a breakup that was not super traumatic, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, my college boyfriend and I had been together all through college, and we broke up very amicably, but... You know, you kind of look around and you're like, okay, I've been dating this person now for a few years. I don't remember what romance is like, right. almost. So I feel like that was part of it, too, where I was like, I just want something fun to read. Like, I want, like you said, to believe in early relationship love again right. or whatever. Well, and also, like, I had been I had been treated kind of poorly in those two situations that I was in, and I needed to read about good men. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So what percentage of your reading diet now would you say is romance? 80% probably. I could give you the stats from my story graph if I looked it up, but I would say probably a healthy 70 to 80%. Mm, I thought you had a little more variety in there. You think? I don't know. Let's fact check me. Yeah, actually, let's pull up the story graph. Should we look at like this year or like maybe last year? Maybe last year. That's complete year. Okay, so I read 119 books last year, and of those, okay, my leading genre is contemporary, and then my second genre is romance, but a lot of the books on Storygraph listed as romance are also listed as contemporary, because it's like, is it a contemporary romance? Is it a historical romance? You know, so like those two have a lot of overlap. So out of those 119 books, 68 of them were romance last Mm. year. So that's a little more than 50%. Hey, look at that. (laughs) Thematic. She said the name of the pod. (laughs) I want to look at this year, though, because I definitely have upped it this year, I feel like. So, so far this year, I've read 103 books. So quantity-wise, way up. Oh, and 51 of them are romance. So again, 50%. Interesting. Look at that. I'll be interested to see what the stats for the second half of the year are now that we've started the podcast. Right. Like, I would assume your reading diet now leans even more heavily romance. Right. Since we're doing this. And I've definitely picked it up in the last, like, two months or whatever since we started doing this. Right. So. Stay tuned for Katie's end of the year story graph stats. And my most read author is Denise Williams because I read all those novellas. Oh. Second is Julia Quinn because I went through a a Bridgerton Mm. phase. Yeah. That I'm still not fully out of. Well, then she'll surpass. She will. So let's get into it. Kind of our main topics for today in the romance realm. Yeah. Hit me with it. Yeah. First, we're going to start off with a lot of people's favorite topics, which is favorite tropes. Okay, I only wrote down two because they were the first that came to mind thinking about this question, but I also kind of want to pull up like a list of tropes too to like pull some out because I'm just thinking about how I like told you, what was the trope that I told you? Oh, Sunshine Grump. 
Yes. You didn't know that was a trope. Right. And uh, and Secret Millionaire. You didn't know Secret Millionaire. Secret Millionaire. Secret Billionaire. Yeah. Secret Trillionaire. I saw somebody post about a trillionaire. I am sure it exists. Oh, somewhere. Yeah. It's it tr- like, you know, the internet rule. You know, the internet rule that's like, um, if you can think of it, there's porn of it. Oh, sure. Uh, that's like a romance novel rule, too, I feel like. Like, if you can think of it, there's a romance novel <laughs> with that scenario. I fully believe that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've already read some very, eh, not even very, but some of these romances are kind of wild. Yeah. Like, like the, the concepts are over the top. Right. Like, the ones about, like, matchmakers or things like that. It's yeah. Like, do these things I love happen? a matchmaker. Oh, I think they're very fun, but does it happen in real life? Probably not like it does in the novels. Okay, so I would say, I would say the two the two things that came to mind immediately when I thought of favorite tropes. One is like an overall book trope, like an overall story theme, and the other one is like more like a scene based thing. Mm. But I love I love a friends to lovers story. I really do. Um, I'm kind of picky about it, but I do really like it. Um, but I like it if there's like something, if there's like other tropes involved, right? Like just a simple friends to lovers, like slow burn thing doesn't really do it to me. I need some kind of like ridiculous scenario. Mm. Like I'm, um, I'm listening to Mr. Wrong Number right now. And this isn't really a spoiler because you figure it out very, very early on or like you assume that this is what's going to happen. So she's like. It's kind of an an enemies to lovers too, but she's like the the main character has had to move in with her brother and his roommate who she has known for a long time, but they hate each other, but they're also like friendly because they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. But they kind of have beef and she's texting this wrong number and turns out the wrong number is the the like douchebag roommate guy. Um and you figure it out super early on. And uh, that's the kind of like, quote unquote, friends to lovers that I like, where it's like a lot of other twists and turns. Like, they're not really friends, but they're friendly. Like, they know each other. An acquaintance and to a- lovers. Yeah, sure. I, j- I like that, like, I like the moment. I love the moment in a book when the guy is like, oh, my God, I'm in love with her. Mm, like, yeah. with his friend. Mm-hmm. I love that. I find that so, I don't know, it's so satisfying. And then my other favorite one that I wanted to mention that's more scene-based, I love when there's only one bed. (laughs) I didn't know this was a trope until recently, that it was a named trope that is truly just only one bed. Only one bed. Like, I knew it was a cliche, obviously, but I didn't know it was, oh, this is a documented trope Yes. in the romance community. This is truly what <laughs> novels are based on is only one bed. I just love that there are so many people who love it as much as I do. And there's this, um, it's in one of Olivia Dade's books, the trilogy um, with all the feels and stuff in it. Um, one of the fan fiction is like a big part of those books. Mm. Fan fiction about the people on the show that the books are about. And one of the guys is like writing fan fiction or reading fan fiction. I can't remember the exact moment, 
but he's like only one bed i love this trope because in the book it's like so meta because in the book they arrive to this like cottage or whatever and there's only one bed and he's like i love this only one bed it's so funny i i used to read these uh christian fiction books growing up like especially in high school they were just kind of fun and it was about like these girls in high school it was called carter house girls and uh in one of the books one of the girls and her boyfriend get stranded as they're driving to meet their other friends on a trip where they're the trip is like chaperone and whatnot they just couldn't come until the next day and they get stranded somewhere and they have to stay somewhere where there is only one bed wow how does only one bed work in christian fiction she stacks pillows between them oh that's cute so nothing happens yeah you know that's very funny but it is yeah i look back on that now i'm like yeah that hmm. yeah what about what about you what are what are your favorite tropes i see you have two written down here yes i also wrote down two that i was thinking of immediately you know besides i also love a friends to lovers i mean who doesn't yeah but i do love a forced proximity Mm -hmm. which you often find as a sub trope within these bigger tropes of course so well like mr wrong number like i was just talking about that's kind of they're forced to be like roommates temporarily exactly yeah i like it i do also like it when it is an acquaintance or somebody who is like mildly annoying to the female lead a sunshine grump no that's not the same (laughs) no no no, not grumpy yeah i i figured out i don't love a sunshine grump Mm. i don't hate it but i like a more dry humor sarcastic man than i like a grumpy angry one yeah I think that can still qualify as Sunshine Grump, just like a different, you know, like we were talking about it with Beach Read. Gus mm. is kind of a grump, but he's that kind of grump. Right. He's the sarcastic grump, not the like Miles with a Y grump. Right. This is like the Charlie Lastra versus Miles with a Y. Yes. Yeah. Example. And yeah. I fully prefer Charlie Lastra. Me too. So Sunshine Grump is not totally my jam. But it happened when summer is extremely Sunshine Grump. But I don't like Brendan as much as I like Fox. That's true. And I, I prefer Brendan. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I can't I can't always get past a, a super gruff exterior. I'm pretty sure I only like Brendan because he has tattoos. Fox has tattoos. Does he? Yeah. He hasn't. Well, they're not great. They're, it's like an octopus. Oh, that's right. That's no, right, he has right. a fox. <laughs> Shit. He has a fox. You're right. He has a giant fox tattoo. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. So he has tattoos, but are they great? Eh. I don't know. But, you know, another book that we've mentioned that's got other tropes, you know, all the way in it is Shipped by Angie Hockman. Mm-hmm. That's like a forced proximity one. Yeah, they're on a cruise ship. Yeah. You they- cannot be forced into more proximity than a cruise ship. No, not unless you jump off the boat. <laughs> There's not really an option. Yeah. So I love a forced proximity. And then the other one I wrote down is I do really love a second chance. Because I think that really appeals to my sappy side. Yeah. I'm very picky with se- with second chance. I am usually all in on them. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they at least pay off in a way where I'm just like, yes, I love this. Everyone should be happy. Yeah. This is great. I think it depends on what it is. So like in Tessa Bailey's Hot and Hammered series, one of them is 
about this married couple that are like on the verge of divorcing and then they like kind of re-fall in love with each other. I don't like a second chance like that. Mm. I like a second chance where it's like two high school sweethearts who haven't spoken in years and then they're they run into each other and Oh yeah, that's my shit. Yeah, yeah. that I like. Yeah. Like one that I read which is just constant second chances is one day in december yes which is a lovely one a great a great december read obviously but the whole book is just them re-meeting and re-meeting and re-meeting over and over again that book wrecked me man it's not it's a it's an emotional one it's not it's not steamy at all no it's not really a happy uplifting read all the time either but it's nice it ends on a good note yeah but no, it's not. It's a journey to get there. Yeah, it does take a bit. It takes a bit, but it is a lovely book. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I think I texted you this, but I'm going back to forced proximity. When in part of your world, when she's on the girls trip and they find out they're going yes, to to the bed and breakfast. It's so good. I like screamed as soon as in the book she's like, I don't know. We're going to this random bread and bre- bed and breakfast in this nowhere town. I don't know. They didn't tell me, and I'm like, I know where they're going. I know. I was like, I'm so I excited know about to have it. <laughs> I know where they're going. They're gonna have to see him again. Yeah, that was good. So I'm looking at a list of tropes right now from an author's website. Their name is Evie Alexander. So thank you to Evie Alexander who wrote this list of the 12 most popular tropes in romance novels. So the first two are friends to lovers, enemies to lovers. The third is forbidden love, which define that how you will. I think a lot of books have some kind of forbidden love. Like he's my boss. He's my brother's best friend. He's He lives in another town. Right. Forbidden is a big word for just like some kind of barrier. Yeah, it sounds a little too saucy sometimes. Yeah, it's forbidden. It's forbidden. Uh, so the fifth one is stuck together, and the example is trapped in an elevator. I do love being, tra- I love trapped in an elevator. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, next one is best friend's brother slash sister. I don't, I don't love that, but sometimes maybe. I think I looked at the similar list earlier, and I read that one, and I was like, no, because we value friendship too much. Why would you ruin it? I know. I just think, yeah, I don't, well, and like, it's always like a best friend that you grew up with, which means that you kind of grew up with the sibling too. Like, I feel like that's how a lot of these books are. Mm. And -hmm. I just think about like my best friend, Sydney, that I grew up with and her siblings. And I'm like, sorry, guys, if you hear this, (laughs) I I do love you. I I don't want to bang any of you. Sorry. Because you guys are like my siblings. I mean, that's those are good reasons. Yeah. Oh, very good reasons. Okay, next one is second chance. And then we've got soulmates. I don't know how you define that. I don't really either. I feel like that's also in the second chance realm where I feel like it could go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Fake relationship. I do like a fake dating. Yeah, I feel like I have, well, I'm trying to think now of which ones I've read that are fake dating, which, you know, on Honeymooners, mm-hmm. it, like, it, it comes up a, a lot. Yeah, a, a bunch of them. Even if it's, like, on a small scale, or, like, I need, can you pretend to be my boyfriend for a date to this wedding or right. whatever. Right, exactly. Um, 
happens a lot. Um, so I think it kind of just depends on the context for me. So the next one is Wedding Fever. Ah. And it says Runaway Brides slash Jilted slash Best Men slash Wedding slash Wedding Planners. So pretty much anything wedding related. I do love a wedding. I know you love a wedding. I love a wedding. Then we've got Amnesia slash Mistaken Identity. Which is like Mr. Wrong Number right now that I'm reading is a mistaken identity. Mm. And then the last one is holiday romances. So I did read this list and I was like, oh, holiday romance is a trope now? Great. Yeah. Cool. A trope can be whatever you want it to be. I guess that's true. But I didn't realize that holiday Christmas was, oh, this is a truly official. Although I guess holiday could be any holiday. I'm noticing a lot of Halloween ones coming out this year. I am excited to read some some Halloweeny books. Some witches. I have lots of witches on my TBR. I we did read the X Hex last year, and that was a fun one. Yes, I I really liked that book a lot. I like that one. So next on our list to talk about is instant buy or instant read authors. So let's talk about the authors that like the second they announce a new book or set up a pre order link or whatever, you're like right there with bells on hitting buy or waiting anxiously for the library wait list we picked a great day to talk about this yeah we really did because guess what emily henry has a new book coming out in april we called it we manifested it we did we were messaging about it earlier and then she announced it on her Substack. i assume by the time this episode comes out she will have announced it everywhere yeah but today is the day she announced it just to her Substack audience and I'm so excited. It's called Happy Place. Yeah, it sounds so fun. It's a friend's trip. It's a second chance. It's set in Maine. Yeah, yeah. It's a house that is going up for sale, so you know somebody's probably going to buy it at the end of the book. I'm very excited. Yeah, this book has Abigail written all over it. (laughs) I screamed. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. And it's coming out in... April, and I feel like normally she releases in May. I might be making that up, but I feel like the last few have been May, so maybe we get it a month earlier. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I think Book Lovers came out in May, and I think that was true for, if it wasn't May, it was very close to May for Beach Read and people we meet on vacation, which makes sense. But our girl likes a a summer release. I mean, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. These These are great summer reads, and as you know, listening to this podcast, we're obsessed with Emily <laughs> We are. We are. Me especially, um, comparatively to other authors. I don't have a lot of instant read or instant buy authors. I think I've done a lot of, you know, one book of this author here, one book of hers here, whatever. And so the only two that are pretty consistently, I will read anything they write, are Emily Henry, obviously, and then Abby Jimenez. Mm-hmm which I've loved all of her books. And then, yeah, otherwise it's kind of, you know, I'll read, like I've read all of Christina Lauren's and some of them I really like, some of them I haven't liked as much. And so usually she's somebody I will wait till I get the library copy of. Right. But you're always going to read it. Oh, I'm always going to read it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of my other romances have been an author I'm not as familiar with or I haven't read all of her books yet mm-hmm. or his or her books. So I feel like I'm still working out who my my instant buy author is for, but those are those are my big two. 
I think Emily Henry is probably my only instant buy. Mm. Um, mainly because I don't I don't purchase a lot of romance novels, honestly. Like I'm looking at the shelf behind you and most of them are not romance, actually. I don't know why I don't buy a lot of romance, like hard copies. I, I read them mostly on my Kindle. Um I really, yeah, I, I really have no idea why. So I don't, I don't have any instant buy authors other than Emily Henry, and I did finally buy the Bellinger Sisters duology mm. just because the covers are so cute. I just want to have them. They are very cute. I decided that I want to have more romance novel rereads, and so I wanted to buy my favorites to have the hard copies mm. to reread. But, but Tessa Bailey is one of my instant reads at least like her kind of mainstream romances that she's put out in recent years I haven't read I didn't really get all that into her until the hot and hammered series and I wasn't reading a lot of her kind of like you know the shirtless men cover (laughs) ones um so I haven't I haven't read all of those but kind of these mainstream contemporary ones that she puts out I will always Always read it. Always mm-hmm. request it on NetGalley. Always, always. And because I know what to expect. I know I'm going to have a fun time. Jasmine Guillory is another one that I'm always going to read, even though, you know, kind of uh, kind of similar to you with Christina Lauren and similar to me with Christina Lauren. I haven't loved every single one of them. Sure. But I've enjoyed every single one of them. Sure. And I like her. I want to support her. I want to continue to support her. And... I'm in. Mm, yeah. And I'm a compl- uh, I'm a completionist. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> so let's talk about rereads. Yeah. I am a, I'm a rereader. I love to reread a book, especially ones that I find very cozy. I love when I'm just, you know, maybe not feeling it or if I'm in a weird reading headspace where maybe I haven't picked up a book I really liked in a while. I will always go back to something that I know I really love. Like earlier this year, I didn't think I read a single book in January or February, and I realized I needed to break my streak, and I just reread all the Hunger Games in like four days. (laughs) And it worked. Yeah. I started a book. I did the Hunger Games reread uh, when the pandemic first started, except I did them on audiobook, which they're delightful on audiobook. Mm. The narrator is really, really good. Yeah, I uh, I don't do an audiobook, I know. as you know. I know we should talk about that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm a full rereader. For years, I did a full Harry Potter reread every single summer, and I would get it done in like a month. Something kind of impressive for me, and yeah, I love to go back to a book and see what I maybe missed before, or if I didn't even miss anything, just like be there again. Yeah. So, Katie, are you a rereader? I I'm not with romance novels. I am with a lot of other books. Like I I I'm constantly in a Harry Potter reread because I listen to the audiobooks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like always moving through those constantly. Um, and I reread a lot of like my John Greens and Neil Gaiman's and. Um, even some nonfictions I reread a lot or like books of short, um, stories. I'll I'll reread some of them. Um, obviously I reread poetry a bunch, but like romance, the uh, romance is the, the only genre 
that I don't reread. And I was thinking about this earlier when we were making our outline for this episode, like, why don't I reread romance? And I think I feel like the, like, excitement is gone. Mm. You know, like, there's not the one. It's like, it's almost like rereading a thriller. Like, I would never reread a thriller because you know what's going to happen. That's an interesting point. I would never put a romance in a thriller together. Well, we just kind of did with My Killer Vacation. We did, yeah. In its own way. But that makes sense. I think for me, you know, it's all about the journey. It's all about the friends you make along the way. For sure. And so you actually inspired me because I read The Dead Romantics when I was in Mexico. But as I established last episode, I hit that all-inclusive resort um, bar a little too hard while I was reading it. And so immediately when I finished, I was like, A, I loved that, so I want to read it again. But B, I know I missed some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> too many pina coladas. Literally. The, it was that day I drank out of that giant coconut. And oh, yeah. It, that was when it was all over for me. They put rum in – they actually put rum in a coconut, and uh, and it was delicious. You guys FaceTimed me while you had your coconuts. I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> yeah, you forgot? Yeah. Well, you did. I was I love home to FaceTime work. Abigail when I'm drunk. Oh, she does. <laughs> Always. As soon as I'm getting a Katie FaceTime, and if I vaguely know where she is, I'm like, oh, Katie's had a few beers. <laughs> I just love to talk to my friends when I've had a few drinks. I was dying when you FaceTime me before Jimmy, oh, before Buffett, Jimmy Buffett. And I hear Ryan in the background go, who are you talking to? And you go, Abigail, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> who else would I be talking to? You just said it so irritably. <laughs> I was toasted. Oh, I know. Yeah. We had a great conversation, though. That was a good day. But yeah, so I'm not a rereader, but I'm rereading The Dead Romantics, and it's really nice because I am catching stuff that I didn't catch before, and all, you know, all the good things about rereading, and I'm marking it up for you mm-hmm. uh, for when I hand it over to you. But, um, but yeah, so that's why I bought the Bellinger Sisters duology, because I have a lot of I've had a lot of trips this summer and I have more trips coming up, two of which are work trips. And so I want to bring some like comfort yeah, reads with a me. A comfort read. Yeah. So I want to do that. And I also bought another copy of The Unhoneymooners. But oh. I'm going to do a beach read reread when we go to the beach together in a few weeks. Yes. Yeah. Similarly, I'm a comfort rewatcher through and through. I never like to really pick up a new series yeah. by any means. I spent today in the background of work watching like eight episodes of Gilmore Girls. And so this fully bleeds over to, into my normal life, my or my yeah. reading life, I should say. My dad would get so mad at me growing up because I was just constantly rereading Harry Potter. And he'd just be <laughs> like, pick up another fucking book, please. Yeah. Sorry, dad, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I am constantly rereading Harry Potter. I just don't know what I it, – it's so weird that it didn't translate over to romance. But – what are your favorite? You have some regular rereads. Tell the people. None of them will be surprising. Oh, no. None of these are surprising. So, sorry. This is all kind of repetitive, especially <laughs> if you know, like, my reading catalog, which isn't quite so extensive quite yet. But I reread Beach Read every single summer in the beginning of summer when I need to get in a happy mood because I don't like summer. Yeah. I get seasonal depression in the summer, not the winter, I feel like. And so (laughs) I pick up Beach Read in, you know, May or June just to 
Well, one, it's just a very melancholy book anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not a super happy book all the time. Right. It's a good one to like feel your feels too. Yeah, exactly. So I won't spend too much time waxing on about Beatree, but I've seen a couple of friends of mine post that they're reading it on their Instagram story. And every time somebody does, I message them and go, this is my favorite book of all time. Please <laughs> tell me what you think when you're done. Yes. And then I'd be like, did you read Book Lovers? Did you read People We Meet on Vacation yet? Please, I want to talk about them. Another reread that we talked about in our summer episode or our summer reads episode um, is Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Heck yeah. That's a very fun reread because it is so summer cozy. It's a small town that I love. You know, I love the idea of being able to just go work a renaissance fair for a summer. I know. That's all I want in this life. I think I'm going to reread Well Met soon. I don't reread the other ones in the series, but I reread Well Met. Not, you know, not super often, but it was one that I took to my vacation to Virginia last year Mm. where we were staying with my boyfriend's mom who lives in kind of the middle of nowhere in Virginia in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it's so beautiful and peaceful out there. And I would get up in the morning and sit on the porch with my coffee and the fog would be like rolling over the mountains. And Mm. I was like, ooh, I feel like I'm in the woods hanging out and playing bar wench for the summer a little bit (laughs) next time y'all go you have to bring book lovers since they're i know in the blue ridge mountains i know which we talked about when we talked about book lovers oh yeah you know someday we will do our our book trip to the blue ridge mountains perhaps someday we'll blow off our normal jobs for a month to just go (laughs) travel What what a life i mean that's part of it too you know like in well met she's Emily's figuring out her life. She's in between jobs right now. Her kind of only responsibilities are, you know, taking care of her sister who's recovering from a car accident and taking care of her niece and then partaking in this renaissance fair. Like that's kind of all she has to do this summer as she kind of figures out what she like what she wants to do next. Yeah. And so, you know, I would love to not have a ton of things all the time. I know. It's aspirational. But I think I'm going to reread Well Met because enough time has passed, too, that I feel like I can reread it and some of it's still going to be kind of like, oh, right, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you got to redo it before her new one comes out. I know, which I have an arc of. That's right. I didn't didn't get approved for it. I prayed to the NetGalley gods and they, they shone their light upon me. Okay, so next we've got our rapid fire... Question round. Say rapid fire, but we're wordy gals, so we'll see. We'll see how rapid it actually is. So do you want me to do all of these or do you want to alternate? Let's alternate. Okay. So I've got the first one and I amended it just now on the fly. Yeah. The, yeah. Because we had Kindle books versus physical books, but I added in audio. So Kindle versus physical versus audio. Go. Kindle. Yeah. Kindle for me... When I was getting back into rereading, it felt so much less intimidating to pick up my Kindle Mm -hmm. and read something digitally than to pick up a paperback that was like 350 pages and feel overwhelmed. And I was reading all of my articles on my phone or on my iPad anyway, so it it was a natural transition. And I have the Libby app, and so it's very easy to get my library books on my Kindle. Yeah, shout out to Libby. Um. If I had to pick one, I would also pick Kindle begrudgingly. 
because I have I could wax poetic for an entire episode about the things that I like about the different mediums. Like I love a physical book because I like flagging it. I like putting my little post-it flags in it. And I like physically seeing my progress of how far I am in the book and how far I have to go. And obviously there's something to be said about touching pages. And I love oh, a font. Yes. I love I love nerding out over a font choice in a book. Shout out to Garamond. Yeah. Um, and audio I love because, well, I do audio for a living, but also I'm a multitasker. So I will be like washing my face for bed and I have an AirPod in or I'll be running and I have AirPods in or I'll be doing the dishes, you know, so it's a way for me to people ask me how I read so much. And that's how mm-hmm. is like I am never not reading. But I mean, the Kindle, it fits in every purse I own. If it's in some of my jeans pockets, I have literally like 600 books on it, like unparalleled. How many gigs do you have on your Kindle? I don't know. I'm getting worried about my storage. I know you're going to have to offload some. Are you a library versus buy? I buy physical books. Kindle books I don't really buy because I usually get advanced copies through NetGalley. But I'll buy them sometimes. Audiobooks always from the library. Never buy. Mm. I get 90% of my books, I would say, from the library. Mm-hmm. I get book of the month every month, obviously. Right. So I get my physical copy that way. And... I don't go to bookstores as often as I'd like anymore. Yeah, agreed. I mean, every time I go to a bookstore, I leave with at least a couple. Yes. But that is different than, okay, I want this book. Right. I probably will not buy it. Um, I will probably just wait for me to get it through the library. Yeah. If I'm going to buy a physical book, it's normally because it's an author whose books I like collect, you mm-hmm. know, like Emily Henry's books. John Green, I have a bunch of Neil Gaiman, like I said, Um, or it's because I think I'm going to reread it or because I think it's like an important book to have in my library. Like I have a lot of classics behind you. Like I have like On the Origin of Species. I have A Hundred Years of Solitude. I have like I have a bunch of classics because I feel like they're important things to like have in your library, not necessarily because I read them. Mm, Yeah. A lot of our physical books at home are cookbooks. That tracks. <laughs> yeah. It makes total sense. Um, or there are books I read in school that I actually did really like. If I didn't like it, you know, I usually took it to half price or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I have Brave New World and those books that I really, really liked when I was in school. Uh, my Jane Austen ones did not stick around. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if I revisited them now, I would actually like them. So who's to say? Yeah, the other the other hard I have a lot of hard copies of books because I shop a lot on sites like Book Outlet or Thrift Books. So that's like I'll buy physical copies, but it's because they're like four ninety nine. Right. So yeah, if I buy an ebook, it's because it's a dollar ninety nine on Amazon, which has gotten me a few times and then I'll be like, Ooh, this one sounds good and then I've never read it. So <laughs> I need to go through my library too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have two boxes downstairs that I need to take to half price. Yeah. Um, oh, you did a you did a, a late ad. All right, next one. Complete no matter what versus DNF. Do not finish. DNF. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get better. I I will fully put down a book I'm not into. I need to get so much better about that because I have so many books on my TBR that but I just I 
I am a completionist and it does hit all of my weird little type A things if I don't finish it. But I also just like maintain so much hope that there's going to be something that I like. Yeah. And I think there are probably books that I've missed out on that, you know, at 40% or whatever, I was like, I'm not feeling this one. Or the heroine is annoying me. And so I'll put it down. So at what point do you give, like, how long do you give it in the book? Like 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. I don't think it's very consistent. Mm. I think it's a point where I just am not enjoying it right anymore. Right. And just the vibes, just the vibes are off. You know, there are some books that I've gotten a few chapters into and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not really feeling anybody in here and I don't really foresee this plot improving the way I need it to, to make, usually it's because I find a character really unlikable. Yes. That is something that happens to me. Yes. I'm in this situation right now where I think I have a book that I'm going to DNF because I don't, I just don't think I can get past some things in the book. I need to stop reading books about journalists. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I just need to. You know, they get me because I'm like, you know what? I bet I can relate. And then I know I never can because there's always something that I'm like, that's so unethical. Yeah, or I know. whatever. But it's uh, a struggle. Do you prefer a series or a standalone? I don't know if it's a matter of preference, but I've read a lot of series, mm-hmm. and I do like them and as we've established I'm a completionist so if I start the series I'm gonna read them all um but I really love like a like a big world um in a series you know like the well-met series you've got this like endless cast of characters like Olivia Dade's series Mm -hmm. um Jasmine Guillory Jasmine Guillory yeah um I mean Emily Henry, that's it's not a series, but it's like all in the same universe, which is interesting. Um, but I love I love those series where you like meet one character and then the next book is about one of the side characters, and then the next book is about one of the side characters, and you get to see like all the older characters and you then you get they're like old friends. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. I prefer a standalone. Yeah. I think especially where I'm at right now, where I am trying to broaden my reading horizons with authors that I'm not as familiar with, especially because I don't read as many books in a year as you do, and I'm a little slower. And so right now I'm just trying to make sure that I'm becoming more familiar with authors that, you know, I wasn't paying enough attention to right. or something. Like, um, I really want to read the the bingo romance. Oh, my God. I know. that I need to put that on my next up. What's it called? Bet on it. Bet on it. Yes. By Jody Slaughter. Oh, I'm very excited for that one. Um, just because I think it's gonna be really fun. It sounds hilarious. I'm so excited. It's gonna be silly. Yeah. And, you know, this is an author I haven't read before. So I wanna check her out. So and I think it feels pretty intimidating to jump in a series at this yeah. point for me right now. So Yeah. Yeah. I like a series, but like very loosely a series. Like the so I mentioned earlier that I like started reading the Bridgerton series this year and that's like a proper series. Like it is where it's like, you know, each book is about one of the siblings mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to have read the others, but I feel like you would be a little like, who are these people if you hadn't? Right. Um, But yeah, like the Jasmine Guillory series, 
Abby Jimenez series, you definitely are not left wondering who people are necessarily. Right. Okay, next. This is a hard one. First person or third person for your narrator? This is not hard for me at all. I always prefer first person. Okay, me too. But I had never thought about it until this question. I always kind of get a little disappointed when I pick one up and I'm like, oh, it's third person. Yeah, I usually, I don't really think about it that, I feel like I notice it when it's in third person, but I don't notice it if it's in first person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't clock it. Yeah. I just finished Something Wilder a couple weeks ago and that one's in third person. And it, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun book. Um. Not as romancy as her other ones. Really? Yeah. It's got a very adventure element to it. But I really like how Christina Lauren, how they write from first person, from the perspective of their narrators. So the last two books that they've written have been third person, which kind of bummed me out. I enjoyed them greatly, but yeah. I, I like I like a sassy, sassy Christina Lauren heroine. Yeah, I like a I like a first person. I like I think it's just more immersive, you know, like you feel like you're living in the book rather than some like floating head above the exactly. scene observing. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, okay. Bookstagram versus book talk. I love book talk. I've been having a lot of fun living in that space since we started this pod. Um, I was never going to make like a book talk account or whatever or I wasn't going to turn my personal account into like a book account so I've just been an observer and since we started the pod I'm like finally I can like post book stuff without like annoying my friends oh yeah if you uh you can follow us on TikTok Katie has been very active I'm very impressed with the book talks well because I've been procrastinating doing shit that I actually need to do for work so yeah well you know it's all for the good of the pod yeah so what about you I'm not in book talk enough. Yeah. It's kind of upsetting that, you know, especially as we're doing this, like I want to know what everybody's talking about. So it's been fun following all the bookstagram accounts on the pod account and seeing how this little community has built up. And a lot of you guys are really good photographers. I know. And they have all the like props. Yeah. Plus, I think it's a little easier to interact with you know, bookstagram, it's easier to find. Yeah. Book talk, sure. you have to kind of end up on it, which I haven't yet. Right. Discovery is hard, like from the from the discoverer's perspective. Right, exactly. So I think that I think that gives it the edge for me. Yeah. It's a little easier to just follow some hashtags and be like, oh, I they they read the same books I do. Great. I'll follow them and yeah. see what they're recommending. Yeah. Yeah, and people always respond on Instagram, which is really nice. It is nice. All right, last one. My favorite one. Mm. One book at a time versus multiple books at once. One book. You were just doing two, though, right? You had your rom-com and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow? No, I had to stop my rom-com so I could do tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow Ah. because I found that it's – I get a little overwhelmed trying sure. to do more than one. And tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was, I don't want to say dense, but it's a heavier lift than right. a rom-com. And it so, requires brain engagement. Yes. <laughs> and so I had to pause my rom-com reading so I could do 
tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, which I did finish in record time. Four or five days. Yeah. It well, that was the thing too, is like I need to get this one done because if I put it down, I don't know if I'll pick it back up because sure. it's a little bit intimidating at points, you know. Yeah. It's um incredible book. Not a, a side recommendation. But yeah. I had to yeah, I had to pause my my rom com reading for for that. So no, I I can't remember the last time I truly did multiple reads unless one was a really really easy reread mm. like the hunger games or right. something like that i'm a, i'm a multiple read gal as as you know i have to be really like segmented and like regimented about what i'm reading at the same time like nothing can be too similar mm. like everything has to be different enough but i usually i always have one like capital l literary fiction book that i'm reading or at least one kind of more, not a rom-com, like a contemporary fiction or, you know, some some kind of like slightly denser, takes more time to move through, makes you think kind of fiction. Mm-hmm. I always have a rom-com going. And then I pretty much always have a nonfiction going because that's what I like to listen to on audiobooks. I really like nonfiction audiobooks. Um. Although right now I have a rom-com audiobook going and it is getting confusing actually. So mm. um so I just have to I usually have 3 at once, so I just have to like differentiate. But then I also have books that I'm moving more slowly through like I've been reading Burnout by Emily Nagoski for like 2 months because mm-hmm. that's like kind of a self-helpy book that I like to really be I like to take notes and all this stuff. So I'm not like actively reading it, but I'm still reading it. Like I'm in the middle of it. Sure. When you do multiple books at once, do they all have to be on different platforms? Like you're doing a Kindle, a print, and an audiobook, or can you mix? Can uh, you have the same platform going? Sometimes I'll do two on Kindle, but I generally like to differentiate. I generally like to have a physical, a Kindle, an audio. Mm. And I don't know why. It just, I have these little slots in my brain that need filling. My brain says it'd be way easier to segment them if they're on different media platforms and I think it is I think it is because because if I'm reading like a more serious fiction book um I kind of have to be in like a specific mood and setting like physical space Mm -hmm. to read a physical book like I can't carry it around with me as easily as I can my kindle so that's usually my like oh it's two o'clock in the afternoon I'm just gonna sit on the couch and read book but whatever I'm reading on my Kindle is normally like my after the lights go out at night and I can read in bed book. Mm. So that tends to be like a rom-com or even a thriller sometimes, something a little like slushier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the audiobook is mainly for my commute. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's bring it home. What are, you, what are you reading right now, Abigail? So right now, I just started this one today, so I'm not super far into it. I'm in like chapter three, but I got this one at Barnes & Noble. And I've heard a lot of good things about it on Bookstagram and Goodreads. It's Maggie Moves On by Lucy Score. And during one of my depressive episodes a couple years ago, I watched a lot of Fixer Upper. And this book is about a woman who is a Fixer Upper. Fun. Yeah, she's redoing this giant mansion in the middle of nowhere. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm not super far into it. There is a fun dog character, so... I'm hoping he turns out to be 
a very good chaotic dog. <laughs> we love a chaotic dog. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that one right now. Um, it looked fun, and it has like a 4.4 on Goodreads. So it's like all over Book Talk too. Yeah, and then I just added one. Yeah, what do you, what do you want to read? Yeah, what do I want to read? Well, my list is ever growing, but this is one that I'm really excited to read, just based on the premise. And um, it's called A Thousand Miles by Bridget Morrissey, and it's a road trip. Yes. And I bet there's only one bed. I sure hope so. <laughs> so it's a second chance between two friends who were friends in high school, and they agree to take a road trip together. They had a big falling out that they still like, won't talk about. Mm. And... They're making a road trip to go open a time capsule they buried. <gasps> so I'm very excited about this one. Okay, I need to move this one further up on my TBR. I, yeah, it has everything I like, which is like a friend trip, a second chance. Yeah. Like you said, there's probably going to be only one bed. Yeah. So. And I'm going on a road trip next week. So like maybe. Ooh, yeah, it could be your car. It. Just watch. Katie's going to read it before me now. <laughs> I can't read it. in the car, though. I get super sick. Oh, so, do you? Yeah. Oh, I've always been able to read in the car. I'm a, I'm a motion sick girly. Katie, what are you reading right now? Well, as we've established, I'm reading, I'm listening to Mr. Wrong Number, which I honestly put off reading for a long time. And I don't know why, because it's like really great. I'm really enjoying it. The audiobook is very good. Um, because it's dual perspective and they have a man reading the male part, which I always like. Mm. Um, so it's got two voice actors in it, which is really enjoyable. Um, but on my TBR, I think next I'm going to do Angie Hockman's new book. I've been like saving it for the perfect moment this summer. And I feel like going to visit my in-laws next week is like, that'll make a good like little read while I'm there. Um, and I'm also going to get to my advanced copy of Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen, which I'm super excited about. Mm. And then Angie Hockman's new one is Dream On, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So housekeeping stuff before we close out. We do have a bookshop affiliate page. So you can go to the link in our Instagram bio to find it, or you can go directly to the link, which is bookshop.org slash shop slash 50% pod. And any books that you buy from our page – we get like a little commission from it. So we're rounding up all of our recommendations there. I'm trying to keep up with every book that we mention on the pod, but oh my God, that's so hard. So I'm trying to mention as many as possible, or I'm trying to include as many as possible that we mention on our bookshop page. And it's a good way to support the pod because this is not our job. We do not make any money from this. And if you're going to buy the book anyway, you might as well you know, let it benefit your friends, Katie and Abigail. Yeah, and we're big fans of Bookshop anyway, which supports independent bookstores, which is really cool. So you're not even only supporting us, which is nice if you need an alternative from where you usually go. You yeah. Know, we recommend. And just a reminder for our next book club episode, which comes out two weeks from today, we are reading Honey and Spice by Bolu Babalola. Um, this one's gotten a lot of hype around it it's gotten good reviews so far i just got my hard copy in today i'm looking at it right now it's beautiful so i'm excited to dig into that and we're going to discuss that two weeks from today for our august book club 
I still need to get my copy. I would put myself on the library wait list, but there is no way I get off in time. So I will be purchasing probably a hard copy because it is really pretty. I'm really excited to read this one. Yeah, it's a beautiful cover and you can buy it, Abigail, from our bookshop page. Exactly. I can support myself. Yes, you can give yourself like a dollar back or something. So, you know, it, it it goes where it needs to. It's like a reward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to start telling my boyfriend when I buy books is well, it's it's on our bookshop. Like it's supporting our podcast. You can write it off on your taxes. <laughs> okay. Cool. It's whatever. Related expense. Yeah, that is true. All right, whatever. Taxes, guys. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Pay your taxes. Support yeah, your library. <laughs> exactly. All right. See you all next time. Thanks for listening.